Thank you, Tucker. Um, well, it is Anzac Day, and so we're going to start uh, by commemorating the soldiers who have given their lives from our forces and the Australian forces. In um, December of 1914, in the middle of Egypt, the Anzac forces were formed with the specific goal of the campaign on Gallipoli. And on this day, 25th of April, 1915, those forces joined the Allied forces on a beach in Gallipoli and started the attack. The attack went on for eight months. And in that eight months, there was a tragic and massive loss of life. Around about 130,000 soldiers lost their lives during that conflict. 44,000 of those were Allied soldiers. Uh, 8,700 were Australian soldiers. And 2,779 Kiwi soldiers laid everything on the line and sacrifice their lives so that we could enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy today. Defending our way of life. Defending democracy. And so um, I'd like to start by uh, singing the national anthem. I'm not going to sing it. I know you're all happy about that. Darcy is going to sing it. And I'm going to ask you all to stand. You know, we are blessed to live in New Zealand. Whether you believe that or not, no matter what your political views are, no matter what negatives you might have about this country, we are blessed to live in a country where we are, we are free. We're standing in a church where we get to worship God, Bibles in hand. No persecution for that. Some persecution, but we're free to do it. We're surrounded by resources. Fresh air. We are blessed to live in this country. And so we're going to sing this song at the top of our lungs with all our heart because of the pride that we have in the country, and because we are here to commemorate the men that laid it all on the line for the cause. They stood for our cause. They fought for our cause and they sacrificed all for our cause. And so Darcy's going to lead us and we're going to sing it with all our hearts, full of pride. Darcy's going to be amazing. Ihoa <laughs> Awesome. 
You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God for this country. Well, welcome to the Center Church where Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, we say that, and I say that a lot. I remember hearing Pastor Don say that a lot. That's not a throwaway line. Welcome to the Center Church where Jesus Christ is Lord. In other words, Jesus Christ is the authority in this house. The living word of God is the authority in this house. There's something to be said about that. The man who gave his life for us, who sacrificed all for the cause, for the cause of God, for the cause of Christ, has authority in this place. And so we're very, very fortunate to be in a church that is following Jesus. And there's many, many churches like it. This church has been around for 35 years because Jesus Christ is the authority in this church. Well, those soldiers stood for a cause, they fought for a cause, and they sacrificed all for a cause. And the cause was to defend the freedoms of this country that we still enjoy today. And when I was thinking about those soldiers, what sort of person does it take to defend a cause, to stand for a cause, to fight for a cause, to sacrifice everything they have, to go away to another country where they've never been, with men they've never met, to fight a foe they've never come across? You know, when you think about those guys, you would think that they would be brave and courageous. They would be strong and determined. They would be selfless, willing to sacrifice. They would be committed. They would be passionate about the cause that they're fighting for. And when you think about people like that, you think about someone who's very special, someone who's extraordinary. But having a chance to be honoured to speak on this day gave me an opportunity to think about the fact that every single person in this church and every single person on this earth has the potential to be special and extraordinary. Every single person in this room and every single person on this planet has a cause that they're willing to fight for. They're passionate about something that they're willing to fight for. There's something in your life that you're willing to fight for that bring all of those attributes of courage and bravery and strength, determination, selflessness, sacrifice, and passion. And so I was thinking about our cause, and we're standing here in a Christian, Pentecostal, non-denominational, Word of Faith church, and so our cause is God's cause, right? Amen. Our cause is the cause of Jesus Christ. And I know I'm preaching to a room full of people who understand what it is to stand for a cause. I know that you're fighting for the cause every single day. This church doesn't stand for 35 years if the people of the church don't know how to stand for a cause. So I understand I'm preaching to the choir. I'm not trying to tell you how to suck eggs. But if it's a cause for Jesus Christ, if it's a cause for God, then it's a great cause and it's worth talking about once again, isn't it? It is. Has to be, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so what is the cause? In Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and with all of your mind. And then he goes on to say, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, Love God and love people. You know, there's a lot of stuff we do as Christians 
and our lives. Lots of strings to our bow. But if you forget about everything else, don't forget to love God and love people. That's God's heart. It's the desire of His heart. Love God and love people. Build your relationship with God continually. Build your relationship. Draw nearer to God. And then love people. Truly love people. Put aside offense, unforgiveness. Put aside the fact that maybe you don't like that person's personality. Maybe you just clash a little bit. Love that person like God loves that person. Love God and love people. You know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that all who believed in him would not, be, uh, would not perish, but would have everlasting life. That's God telling you the desire of his heart. He loves people. He gave his most precious, uh, precious possession, the most precious person in the world for us, for the cause. Love God, love people. So what is the cause? The cause is to see, to see the salvation of mankind to the ends of the earth. That's the cause. Putting all else aside, the cause is to see the salvation of mankind to the ends of this earth. In every corner of your sphere of influence, to see the salvation of mankind. That's our cause. That's the desire of God's heart. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Therefore, go, making disciples of all the nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. God is telling us to go out, share the gospel with the whole world, to introduce them to our Savior, our Deliverer, Jesus Christ, and to disciple them. Love God, love people. Make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's the cause. That's the cause we signed up for. To become equipped to go out and share the gospel with the entire world. God isn't asking us simply to get people saved. He is asking us to disciple them. The church is about relationship. The early church was built on relationship. When I came to this church, I got saved here up the front, said the prayer of salvation, and then Gary Clements spent month upon month with me, discipling me, spending time with me, teaching me in the ways of Jesus Christ, teaching me in the ways of the Lord, counseling me, guiding me, sharing wisdom with me, do you know that Jesus Christ discipled 12 men? Probably everybody in this, in this room has had a, a shot at discipling someone. Do you know how hard it would be to disciple 12 people at the same time? <laughs> like, 12 people. When you're truly discipling someone, you are spending time with them. You're investing time in them. You're sowing the word into them. You're there when, when they need you. You're counseling them. There's a draw on you. 
Jesus discipled 12 people at the same time, and it might not sound like a lot, but that's a lot. So love God, love people. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Spend time with them. Build relationships. I'm not saying run out into the world and just talk to anybody. And Some people are anointed for that, to stand on a street corner and preach the gospel. Some people are. What I'm saying is go out and build relationships. That's how the church is built. Church is not about a room. It's not even about this room. This is our church. This is where we meet. A church isn't about a room. We talk about getting outside of the four walls of this church all the time, don't we? We live in a world that's structured. Even inside the church, we work within structure. God is saying change the structure of your mind. Change the way you think. The early church was built on relationship. It built and spread like wildfire because of relationship, because people were discipling other people. I'm not saying it's not going on here, and I'm not saying it's not going on in other churches here on the Kapiti Coast and right around the world. But this is a reminder to me and everybody here that this room, this building is not church. Church is the body of Christ discipling. We had a wonderful time of uh, worship this morning. And I thought like Tucker, when the boys were singing, it sounded like angels singing, but it sounded like warrior angels singing. It was an amazing moment during worship. But church isn't about four songs. It's not even about what I'm doing now. It, It is about teaching the word, but it's about relationship. It's about getting outside the structure You know, when the church was built originally, the early church, I can imagine there was a lot, of, a lot of house groups, a lot of discipling on the side of the road, in people's workplaces, sharing the gospel, making disciples of all the nations. That's the cause. That's the cause that we're called to stand for, to fight for, to sacrifice for. I'm not saying throw away the church. I'm not saying throw away your ministries, your programs, any of those things. But I'm saying in our everyday lives, we are called to disciple. That's how people grow. You know, if you're looking for an an example of someone who knew how to stand for a cause, who knew how to fight for a cause, and laid down his life for the cause, then look no further than Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle was a Roman soldier. He was a man of war, trained for warfare. He was a man who knew how to stand for a cause. He certainly knew how to fight for the cause. Paul was a man who went out with the specific purpose of stamping out Christianity, of stopping the teachings of Jesus Christ. That was his cause, and he was the best at it. It says in Acts 9.1, In that first verse, it says that he was still breathing threats of murder against Christians. He even asked for some letters to take with him to go to the churches 
so that he had the authority to walk into a church and if he heard the teachings of Jesus Christ, he could bind those people and take them back to his superiors. No doubt, torturing them, beating them, perhaps murdering them. This is a man who knew how to stand for a cause and God said, I can use that. And the reason I like Paul as an example is because he followed the pathway that we followed. He wasn't living with Jesus Christ. He wasn't like the disciples. He didn't hang out with them physically. He didn't hear him speak physically. Paul had what we call the Damascus, the road to Damascus experience. He came to know Jesus the same way we did. It says that uh, when he was on that road, that a light shone from heaven on him. How many of us on our way to becoming Christians had moments where God shone a light on us and it felt like it came from heaven? Moments where God was whispering to us, guiding us. Paul had the same experience as us. And he asked, who are you, Lord? And it was Jesus Christ. And Paul immediately had a reversal of attitude. Immediate reversal of attitude from wanting to murder Christians, from wanting to stamp out the teachings of Jesus Christ. Paul had an immediate reversal of attitude. In the next 9, 17, Ananias lays hands on him, baptizes him in the Spirit. It says that Paul spent some time with the disciples, equipping himself for the cause. You see, he'd just come from the opposition. I'm sure he knew about Christianity. I'm sure he knew what the Christian cause was. But he wanted to equip himself the same way he did for warfare when he was a Roman soldier. And so he equipped himself with the disciples. And then he immediately went out and preached the gospel. He immediately went out to baptize the nations. To baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. To make disciples of them. In fact, he went further than that. He built the early church. And it says that he had disciples like Silas and Barnabas and Timothy. There were a number of others. That's what we're called to do. Like, I, like I've said before, I know I'm speaking to a church full of people who already know how to do that. This is a reminder on a day when we're remembering the men that fought for the cause of keeping us free that we're fighting for a cause too. The early church was built on relationship, was built on discipleship, was built on the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's it. You know, sometimes we get weighed down by who's coming to our study, how, what program we're going to run next, all of us. We get weighed down with the tests and challenges of the day. That person wasn't nice to me. That person doesn't like me. That person disagreed with me. I can't get on with my boss. All we're called to do is love God and love people, to share the gospel throughout the world, to see the salvation of mankind to the ends of this earth. In every corner of every sphere of influence in this room, we are called to see the salvation of mankind to the ends of this earth. That's it. I know there are other things we're meant to do, but if you are looking for a cause, that's our cause. Share the gospel. 
Make disciples of all the nations. Baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's that simple. We get distracted by so many things, all of us, me included. Sometimes we get distracted purely by serving God. I'm speaking about that for myself sometimes. Sometimes I'll get so distracted or weighed down by serving God that I forget about the cause. So this is a reminder for me as well. Nobody's perfect. I don't expect everybody to leave this place and be like Paul and there are churches popping all, up all the way to Otaki uh, on the main road. What I'm saying is it's simpler than we think. Love God, love people, share the gospel. You know, we are living in a world that is hurting. We are living in a world that's looking for hope. Jesus is that beacon. Jesus is the beacon of hope. The living word of God is the beacon of hope. The Holy Ghost will lead you to those people. And your experience, your testimony, that's what's going to break through with those people. Share the gospel, the good news of God, the good news that Jesus Christ is our Lord, our Savior, and our Deliverer. Share that. And you see God change this whole world. You watch God change lives. You watch families that you're aware of that are broken down, generation upon generation. You watch God bless them. You watch God pour out his favor on them for a thousand generations. God is relying on us to stand for the cause, to fight for the cause, to sacrifice for the cause, to lay it all on the line for the cause. The same as the Anzac soldiers did, God is relying on us. And we are in urgent times. You don't have to watch the news to know we're in urgent times. We're surrounded by people who need hope. We are the ones that can give hope. Jesus Christ can work through us. The Holy Ghost will guide us. Think about just the people in your workplace. How much could change if they knew the good news of the revelation that Jesus Christ is their Lord, their Savior, and their Deliverer? Don't wait another moment. If God has been prodding you to build a relationship, prodding you to share, don't wait another moment. Think about the goodness of God that came into your life when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ. The legacy of my whole family changed. The legacy of my brother's family changed. You know, I was listening to a song this morning that um, my brother used to love. It's his favorite Metallica song. It's called Fade to Black. And this is when my brother was a, a heroin addict. If you listen to the, the lyrics of that song, if you read the lyrics of that song, it's effectively saying, all of my hope is gone. My life is fading to black. It's a, it's a man saying goodbye to the world. That was my brother's favorite song. We're surrounded by people who have lost hope. You can use your gift, your personality, and your testimony to allow Jesus Christ to change their lives. That's the cause. You know, Paul, when he went out to 
build the church. In Acts 13, 46 and 47, he initially went to the Jewish people, the chosen ones, and he preached the message of everlasting life. But not everyone could receive it. In fact, they rejected him. And so Paul said, fine, I have instructions to preach to the world. And in those scriptures it says, I've set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. The revelation that Jesus Christ is our Lord, our Savior, and our Deliverer is available to everybody on the earth. God wants to see every man, woman, and child hear about Jesus Christ. Our cause is to see the salvation of mankind to the ends of the earth. It's not for a special group of people. It's not just for the people in this room. It's not just for the people who are sitting in churches all across this nation. It's for every single man, woman, and child born onto this earth. We're called to see the salvation of mankind to the ends of the earth. And all we've got to do is see the salvation of mankind in our sphere of influence. I remind you, that's the cause. That's the cause. You know, there's something bigger than us. When I got saved, God saved me from so many things. An alcohol addiction, a drug addiction, a violent nature, a hatred for people, a foul mouth and a corrupt heart. Overnight, Jesus Christ saved me from that. And that was awesome. That's what he gave me. But for the 15 years I've been here in this church, the 15 years after that, I've tried to stand for the cause. I'm not saying I'm any different, I'm special, but I've tried to stand for the cause, to fight for the cause, to lay everything down for the cause. And I want to see my children do the same. My son's sitting in the front row yawning right now. <laughs> hey, now listen. <laughs> He's actually been at a youth retreat for the last three days. He's been standing for the cause. He got home late last night and he's, uh, he's letting us know this morning. <laughs> It's so important, man. It's so important. And there's no certain ability you need. There's no age restrictions. Every single person can stand for this cause. You know, Abraham knew how to stand for the cause. Moses knew how to stand for the cause. Noah knew how to stand for the cause. Gideon stood for the cause. Elijah stood for the cause. Peter stood for the cause. Paul stood for the cause. And Jesus Christ is the center of the cause. Will you stand for the cause? This is a question for you to ask yourself. Will you stand for the cause? Will you see the salvation of mankind to the ends of this earth? In every corner of your sphere of influence, will you stand for the cause? Will you put aside distractions? The things of this world. Will you put aside selfish needs and desires? Will you put aside offense and unforgiveness? Will you stand for the cause? 
And if you decide to stand for the cause, and I know most of the people in this room have decided to stand for the cause, I get that, then you become a part of an army that never retreats. There's no surrender in this army. We don't give ground in this army. Jesus Christ leads this army. Jesus only wins. You're not doing this on your own. You're a part of an army, the body of Christ, that is destined to win on this earth. The victory has already been won. Fortify yourselves in that. Strengthen yourselves in that. Don't think about what you can do. Think about what God can do with you. What can the Holy Ghost do with you? Holy Spirit, where are you going to lead these people next? What doors are you going to break down next? What people are you going to connect us with next? What boldness are you going to give us next? What courage are you going to give us next? God is the power of this universe and he's on our side. In fact, he lives inside us. I really want to get the point across because I think so many of us get lost in what we're capable of doing. We think about where we're at right now. There's more. There's more for you. All the way through the Bible, God has used those people that you would not expect. I'm not saying that having gifts and talents isn't, is a bad thing. I'm, that's a great thing. But don't look at where you are right now. Don't be limited by your skills, by your gifts, by your talents, by your circumstances, by your bank account. Dream big for God. Stand for the cause. Fight for the cause. Sacrifice for the cause. Lay it all on the line for the cause. And you are not alone. You have God standing with you and you have the rest of your brothers and sisters across this earth standing with you. And we win. We win. We are not afraid of what's going on on the earth today. All of that fear-mongering, that doesn't touch us because we win. Because the leader of our army is the designer and creator of this universe. We have to believe that to receive Jesus Christ. There's more for you. There's more for all of us. There's more for all of us. Will you stand for the cause? I think you will. I think you are. Will you fight for the cause? I'm sure you will. I'm sure you are. What will you put aside for the cause? Praise God. God is so good. I want everybody this week to just think about what God has done for you. From before the moment you got saved, when he was whispering to you in those quiet moments, when he started connecting you with the right people, Just look back on the roadmap of your life and you're going to see how God guided you to this moment. Think about how equipped you are for the task. Think about what you're doing for the cause now and then think about how much more you can do for the cause to see the salvation of mankind to the ends of this earth. And think about this. We are ambassadors for Christ. 
We represent him on this earth. God often talks about his namesake because his name carries weight. His name carries power. We represent him here on this earth. Our job is to uphold the good reputation of God on this earth. To carry out our lives in a way that holds up the reputation of God. When you think of someone, if, I think, if you all think of Pastor Robin right now, in your mind, you're going to think not just of her face, but you're going to think of her attributes, who she is. When you represent God and you mention Jesus Christ, you want those people to think of the things, the attributes that you display, the characteristics that you display when they think about God. I don't want people to think about God and because they've heard it from me, they think, oh, but he's not that great. Well, you stand for the cause. Father, we're just so grateful, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the cause. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to see the salvation of all mankind to the ends of this earth. I thank you, Father, that you change lives, that you set people free, that you break the chains of bondage. Father, I thank you that you've already predestined what's about to happen on this earth. That victory is yours, Lord God. And Father, I thank you for every single person in this room that has been touched by you, their lives touched by you, their families changed and touched by you, their minds transformed. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the power of God in this nation, in this world, in this room, and every person sitting here today, Lord God, I thank you for the power of God on their lives. Father, I thank you that you awaken dreams in them. Father, I thank you that you open hearts and open people's minds. Father, that you break down structures of the way we think so that we can make change and do something fresh for you here on this earth. I thank you for a revelation, Lord God, that Jesus Christ is our Lord, our Savior, and our Deliverer. I thank you for the revelation, Lord Father God, that we are the answer to the questions in the world today. That we're the rock in a sea of chaos rooted by Jesus Christ. Man, I thank you for the power of God in every single person here. I thank you for boldness. I thank you for courage. I thank you, Lord God, for a spirit of let's step out. Father, I thank you for a people who are can-do people. I thank you for a, a people who leave this place different. We're just so grateful for you, Lord God. We're just so grateful. We thank you, Father. We bless you. We love you, Lord. You know, it's always such an honor to speak here in this church. It's an honor to serve in this church in any capacity. But it's an honor to speak here in this church, a church that is so rich. The tapestry of its legacy is so rich. And it's an honor to serve God in this way. Always blows me away.
Father, I thank you that you're holy, you're set apart, Lord God. I thank you that this time is set apart. And so, Father, we just thank you, Lord God, you're about to have your way, Father, in any way you want. Is there anyone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, that hasn't put their hand up for the cause yet, that hasn't done the first part, which is to love God? If you are here and you're looking for hope, if you're looking for a purpose in your life, if you're looking for something new and fresh, then Jesus is the answer to your prayer. And so if you're sitting here and you want to make a change, if you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, then I would ask that you just pop your hand up. And all we need to do is say a simple prayer and you have connected with Jesus and become a part of the body of Christ. If you want that for your life, if you want that for your family's life, if you want the legacy of your family to change, then I would ask that you pop your hand up right now. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We are sitting in the presence of God. And this is a holy time. It's set apart for God to minister to his people. And so we're going to have the leaders pray for some people. If you want prayer for anything, for anything at all, if you're sick and you need healing, the answer is here. Jesus is your answer. I just feel like there are some people here too whose minds are racing and have been racing. You're struggling to sleep. It's wearing you down. God wants to take that away from you. God wants to give you rest. The peace that surpasses all understanding is here today. If that's you, then come up for prayer as well. We're just going to open up this front part. If you want prayer, please come to the front. If you simply want to be filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, then please come to the front. While that's happening, everybody else is going to agree with the prayer that we're praying. We're going to show reverence for what's happening at the front. The people who come up are expectant for God to do something different and something new in their lives. And so everybody in this room, all of us, Father, we surrender right now, we yield right now, spirit of reverence in this room. 
And so if you want prayer, please come up the front now and we're going to pray with you. We're just going to let the music go. Take your time.